Hello and welcome back to The Great Day Guy. My name is Rob Wong, and today we're talking about the big goddamn catch-22, starting off fresh and dating. Now, no doubt you've probably run into this if you just recently got back into the dating game or you were starting out brand new. Maybe you just got out of divorce or a long-term relationship, or maybe you've just dipped your toe into the dating world, and now you're confronted with the big problem that no one ever talks about. Now, one of the best pieces of dating advice that I have ever gotten, and bear in mind that I hate advice. <laughs> I hate it with a burning passion. I think it is just marginally more useful uh, than simply being yelled at and told what to do. But this advice I found to be reliable uh, in terms of how much utility it adds to my life. And it goes like this. Social proof is one of the secrets to attraction. Right? It's one of the ways that you can have the exact kind of dating life that you want. So what the hell is it? What is social proof? Social proof is the idea in psychology that if a lot of people approve of something, uh, it must be high value. Um, that's the reason why Amazon has a review system, why Yelp is a thing. It's the reason why celebrities have jobs. A lot of people approve of these people, these things, these restaurants. Therefore, they must be good, right? And in a lot of ways, this is just a heuristic. If a lot of people like a thing, then I don't have to think about it. I don't have to do the research. I don't have to have the experience before I know whether it's good or bad. And this is something that our brains do automatically. Funnily enough, it also applies to how we think about people. One of my favorite quotes about people is that we are the least credible sources of information about ourselves. If I tell you that I'm a nice guy, you have very little reason to actually believe me, right? <laughs> like, I am, I am the worst possible source of information about me because I am kind of biased about me. So, um, in a lot of cases, we look to other things in order to figure out what people are actually about, right? We're taught from a very young age that people will lie about who they really are, which, you know, that causes a lot of problems by itself, but we're not going to get into that. As a result of this, we look to other people to provide us with that information. If I tell you that my friend Kelly is amazing and you need to date her, I think she's going to be perfect for you, that's going to carry a lot more weight than if she just told you that herself. So if enough people tell you the same information, then you're basically dealing with social proof. Now, you kind of have to go and date that person, right? Because like this many people recommended them to you, so they must be something awesome right? Otherwise, why would you be getting these recommends? So the first part of using social proof then in your dating life is to become friends with a lot of people of the gender that you're interested in, right? If you are interested in men, uh, then you learn to become friends with a bunch of men. If you're interested in women, you do the same thing with women. But the struggle here, the big catch-22, the big F you in this entire process, which is genius otherwise, is that if I am bad with men, <laughs> or I believe myself to be, if I am bad with women, how then do I go and befriend them? <laughs> right? Something about the way that I'm being with men, something about the way that I'm being with women doesn't work. So 
How do I even get started? How, how do I run social circle game? I can't, right? I can't build social proof because there's this huge stumbling block in the way. At least on paper, it is. So how does this work? How do we then beat the system? Well, the first place to look is here. What beliefs do I have that are getting in the way of me thinking about myself as an attractive person? Now, I don't mean that you want to go and look at like, hey, I think I'm an unattractive person. I mean, go and look into exactly why. I think I'm unattractive because I'm too skinny. I don't have enough muscle definition. I think I'm unattractive because my dick is too small. I think that I'm unattractive because I'm Asian and I'm a guy and no one likes Asian guys, right? Whatever the case may be, look for the reason that you've given yourself for why you are not attractive to the people that you are attracted to. And that's where it starts. This is the hump that no one teaches you about. Where am I rejecting myself? Now, I'll tell you a secret. The reason why it's so difficult to get back into the dating game, the reason why it's so difficult to make social proof work, to start creating social circles of the, of the people that we're attracted to, the reason why it's so hard is because of those beliefs. And it's mostly because of those beliefs. The example that I keep on coming back to and the example that we're gonna beat on until it dies and dies again, is the idea that sometimes we run into people that are physically very, very attractive, right? We see them when we're like, ha, like, I need to be touching genitals with, with this human being. And then we get to know them, we have a conversation with them, and immediately the attraction is gone. It's replaced with like a, what the fuck? Like, it's like disgust sometimes. Like, I saw this person, they were apparently attractive and then I talked to them and now not only do I not want to have sex with them, I might not even want to be friends with this human being. So the fact that that happens means that there is something more important than the physicality when it comes to attraction, when it comes to being attractive. The thing that most of us don't realize when we're going back into the dating game or just getting fresh started is that that attractiveness is actually based off of whether or not we have things in the way, right? What beliefs do I have that get in the way of me being attractive? Because when I have resistance to the idea that I'm attractive to some people, it creates situations where then I am actually not attractive to those people. It affects the way that I speak to them, right? Maybe I'm too quiet. Maybe I'm nervous. Maybe I'm trying to pretend to be something that I'm not because I'm not attractive. After all, I'm not attractive, right? Maybe someone tries to compliment me and tell me that I'm good looking. They're attracted to me and I just brush it off, right? I treat it like what they're saying doesn't matter because I don't believe that. Why would they possibly be telling me that? Maybe they're trying to manipulate me. I start to treat them with mistrust. And someone who is genuinely, genuinely interested in me, in some cases, 
Of course, of course, sometimes people might not be saying what they actually mean. But in some cases, people who are genuinely interested in me are getting pushed off into the margins and treated like they're lying. Right? I don't treat them with credibility. I don't treat them like their word matters. And all of a sudden, the attraction is gone. They're triggered now. Right? I'm belittling them. I'm treating them like like they're less than. And that gets in the way of my ability to deeply connect and be intimate with that human being. They can't make a difference with me, so why would they bother continuing to have that conversation with me? So it really comes down to, can I begin to accept the things about myself that I have rejected my entire life? What's stopping me from thinking of myself as an attractive person? And I'll give you an example with one of the clients that I've coached. Now, this gentleman is pretty remarkable. The The first time that I met him, he was tuvin throat singing, which is a very, very difficult skill. It's a style of singing where the placement of the mouth and the tongue are so precise, it creates a harmonic. So you can sing at two different tones at the same time. You can harmonize with yourself. Very, very difficult to do. Now, the other thing that you should know about this client is that he's blind. He has a cane that he needs to use in order to get around, right? He can't see very well. <laughs> so the thing about the situation was that he also believed that women would never stop seeing him as a disabled person. How could he be attractive in that situation? Right? How could he ever be attractive in that situation? He would always be doomed to be trying to make up for his quote-unquote disability, right? He would be so obsessed with trying to make up for what he was deficient in, there would be no time for him to demonstrate what an attractive, amazing person he was. So over the course of our session, there was a series of questions and prompts generated so that he could begin to discover what was valuable about him being someone who grew up with those circumstances. How could he be grateful? How did it make him stronger as a human being? And as he discovered his reasons, he began to get more and more emotional. Right? He began to see that the struggles that he went through growing up made him the person that he was today. It made him stronger. It taught him lessons early on. It gave him compassion for people who were suffering and pushed off to the margins. It made him a more empathetic person. And as we continue to talk, as I continue to draw out more and more prompts for him to begin to appreciate and accept a part of himself that he had rejected for years and years, eventually he got to a place where he was having a conversation with his blindness. And at the end of the conversation, what he had to say was this. Thank you for being with me this entire time. And he started crying. And you want to be able to get to that point with the pieces of you that you have not treated very well. Because if you can have that level of scorn for yourself, it's going to show. It will stop other people from being attracted to you because you cannot accept yourself as an attractive human being. And that's the point of the work. 
is the reason why if you have a good coach, they will ask you questions rather than trying to give you advice or fix the situation or give you an answer. The answer is not helpful. You think that my client might have had a few people in his life that told him that being blind isn't enough to stop someone from dating him? Of course. You think that he might have had a few people in his life that told him that he could get very good at dating. It doesn't matter what you look like for the most part. Right? Yeah. Probably dozens of times. Probably constantly. The difference is that when someone discovers something for themselves, it actually sticks. It actually allows us to shift our emotions. The logic of the situation, me logically understanding that it doesn't have to be that way, does not change my situation. The human brain cannot start making different decisions unless it is emotionally bought in, unless it is emotionally motivated. That's where our decisions actually happen. And that's where the work lies. If you want to be able to crush it in your dating life or in your relationships, or you're just looking for a really rich social experience starting from here and now, it begins with first looking to see where you can accept yourself where you've been rejecting yourself. And once you're done, run social circles. Go, connect with people, build social proof, get friends, get many, many friends that you love to be around. But first, start with you. It has to start there. Otherwise, you'll keep getting the same results that you've always gotten. And that's all the time that we have for today. My name is Rob Wong. This is the Great Date Guy podcast. And you can catch us at greatdateguy.com. Or if you'd like more, if you'd like more episodes, go to anchor.fm and search for the Great Date Guy podcast.